0: Welcome back to For Folk's Sake, my name is Paige, and this week our guest is Erica Day. Erica is a life and health coach right here in the Puget Sound. I actually met Erica a couple months ago through a mutual friend, and we immediately hit it off. We are both from the Midwest, we're both huge science genetics nerd, and in this episode you'll actually hear Erica fill me in on what biohacking is and how these really small adjustments in your life can make just a massive difference, a huge impact overall. I was also really excited to talk to Erica because I know that she had gone down to Peru by herself and did two ayahuasca ceremonies. So ayahuasca is a psychedelic tea that originated in the Amazon that alters a person's thinking, their emotions. Everyone has a different experience and Erica was super vulnerable, super open with me by sharing her experience and I'm very very appreciative of that. I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. It was such a fun conversation and I am so happy to introduce episode 21 with Erica Day. Uh,
1: where did you go to college? I went to Iowa State University in Ames, Iowa. So Midwest girl.
0: <laughs> Me too. I w- yeah. I remember now because I asked. Do people in Iowa hate people in Nebraska just as much as people in Nebraska hate people from Iowa?
1: <laughs> I think we just think it's like a flat, boring state <laughs> for the most
0: part. Is Iowa not flat and boring too? Though, um, yeah, we're
1: pretty similar, honestly. <laughs> That's what's crazy.
0: I think we're like the two. If you put on like a scale of like cool things there, you know, whatever. <laughs> In out of all fifty states, Iowa and Nebraska are interchangeably forty-nine fifty.
1: Yeah, yeah. Typically, not it's, a whole lot. They're like flyover states. Nobody really wants to visit there. You know. Like I remember when I would travel abroad, you know, people always ask where you from where you're from. They hear you're American. And I'm like, I'm from Iowa. They're like, where is that? They're like nobody knows. I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah, where like, is it? Like I've been Iowa? to California and they're like, California, oh my gosh. Like, you know, so funny.
0: One of the more like memorable states of the US. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And so you got your bachelor's in genetics and microbiology.
1: I did. What made you choose that? I've been just really fascinated with science and just understanding, you know, like genetics of just humans, you know, animals, plants. Um, I was just really fascinated by it. And um, I just kind of decided to go in that in that field. I thought that, you know, maybe I was going to be some kind of scientist doing some kind of research or something along those lines. And um, also just like how I grew up, which I'll get into later and seeing my mom like go through what she was going through um, with trauma and depression. I was just fascinated in learning all these facets of life, I guess.
0: Yeah. I always hear the analogy that genetics are the answer key in the back of the book.
1: Yeah, it's, there's so much to genetics. It's literally like, you know, our code of who we are. And it's fascinating because it's, you know, parts of ourselves are passed down from generation to generation. So I'm just really fascinated by that world. So, um, but interesting enough, you know, outside of college, my career kind of started in um, actually Plants. <clears throat> so I worked at you know like Syngenta and Pioneer, and I would do um, like disease research on soybeans and corn. <laughs> so oh, it went cool. like you know a, a different route for a little bit. So oh,
0: yeah, yeah. No, that sounds super cool. Um, Do you think that your science <clears throat> knowledge has helped you with your coaching?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know because I I'm like constantly reading up on research articles on. Um, psychology, you know, physiology, health, you name it. Um, Science to me is, is uh, just kind of a foundation for me because I like that. I like the research behind it and, you know, how you can utilize that research and apply it into your day-to-day life, you know? So, and, you know, I went through a whole coach training program that was very much like science-based, like biohacking, like holistic health, psychology, kind of like a whole human potential thing. So, I think that it definitely helps me because I'm not just, to me, I'm not just pulling things out of thin air. Like this method works versus this, you know? Right. So, uh, and I just love learning. So I think it's helped me all around. Yeah. What's biohacking? Yeah, it's a way to essentially, they call like, hack your biology um so the environment that we are in for example is not necessarily what um our body was designed for right like we were cavemen like we're not supposed to be under artificial light for hours and hours a day so biohacking can be things even like you know getting the right supplementation or hacking your sleep like this could be things like wearing blue light blockers during the day or at night you can put on these like glasses that have this red tint to help block out all of the uh, uv spectrums because what happens is um, if we are like staring at our phone for example at night that light is signaling to your body that's still daytime and so your body is not actually able to start the sleep process because you have to have like melatonin and certain things released in your body That's how we're like, we're naturally designed. So biohacking is a way to like hack your environment to where you can function at your best self, if that makes sense. So it's like under, it's like taking the biology and the environment we are in and hacking it so we can just thrive because you know, if you're just constantly staring at your screen all night, you're not going to get that really deep sleep because your body's not going to be able to, like, fall into that. It's going to take longer to go to sleep. You're amped up. And then sleep is the foundation of health. So then you just uh, – it can spiral down from there if you're not getting good sleep. So that's, like, a long version of biohacking. <laughs> no, Sorry. <laughs> that was great.
0: Um, you said supplementation. What does that all entail?
1: Yeah, that just entails, you know, just um, just getting – to me, like just getting even like the right supplements in place or taking magnesium at night to help you fall asleep. It's utilizing different supplements and tools to help you with where you are at now, essentially. So, you know, cause a lot of people maybe don't take like vitamin C or vitamin D, which is very important. A majority of the population is very deficient in vitamin D, which has like shown to have like really vast, bad side like side and health effects on our bodies. So, you know, it's really just like looking at the biology of the person and kind of working with like where they're at and what they can do. So it was a really cool program to learn some of those aspects because I I do that in my own life as well. I like do little biohacking things to make me more efficient or just to upgrade my health essentially.
0: Right. That makes sense. Um, what are some of the biological factors that you look at so that you can kind of be like, okay, you need to start doing this, this, and this in the way of biohacking. Like what are, oh, indicators. Like what are good indicators? Yeah.
1: Good indicators. For example, I could take a client who maybe is having some troubles falling asleep and like, I'm not a sleep scientist, so to say, but I have tools in my back pocket that we can start to begin to implement. Like if they're having trouble falling asleep, staying asleep or any of those factors, then we can like really kind of dive deep into sleep, right? Because sometimes when we can't fall asleep, there's certain aspects of it, like we're ruminating over thoughts. There's a mental aspect. There's a physical aspect to it too. Sometimes if we don't get enough like physical activity throughout the day, you know, our body is just not going to be able to wind down. We can look at doing sleep supplements and also biohacking such as wearing certain like blue light blockers at night and, um, minimizing, you know, the light in your house by like lighting candles and basically kind of mimicking, you know, when the sun rises and sets kind of mimic that, if that makes sense, like inside your home, instead of like having all the lights on at 9 PM, maybe get, you know, dim lights. So it's kind of looking at what's popping up for the person. And then we can kind of dive deep into different aspects to see what works for them. Right. So, yeah.
0: With your experience with so many people, what do you think is the most common issue that people face? I don't know if Mm -hmm. issue is the proper word to use,
1: but like... Maybe common. Uh, Yeah, so I think um, personally what I see is a lot of burnout. A lot of burnout and stress um, just in our society. And so we're constantly, you know, bombarded by who we should be, shouldn't be from media, friends, social media. I mean, you name it, right? So um, a lot of people are just spread very thin. We're trying to do too much. You know, my mantra lately has been less is more. Um, But burnout is probably one of the biggest things that I see. Right. Yeah. As far as um, like a stress aspect, you know, there's also there's different things I help clients with, right? Like we can dig into that, but I think from a health aspect, it's just, like, burnout and stress, mostly. Right. Yeah. And that
0: affects their, like, physical health, too, a bunch.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. If you are just, like, in chronic stress mode and just constantly burnout, it's it's hard for you to really, like, do what you want to do in life. Like, if you have big goals and you are constantly struggling with stress and your health, it's going to be more difficult to get there. So, yeah. And it, it affects every facet of, of your life, actually. So,
0: where do you think the most common source of burnout is?
1: You know, um, it's interesting. I, I look at it in, a, in kind of like a methodical mindset. So burnout is the cause of just like chronic stress, like day in and day out. So you can look at it in, in two ways. You, there's two to three different methods of how you handle burnout and like the causes of it. So the cause of it is just we're going to have stress in our life like regardless, you know. And so... Um, a lot of us are spread too thin, so that's part of it too. But okay, so if you're stressed currently, you look at it, there is the stress, right, that you're experiencing. There is the stressor. So the stressor is the thing, experienced person that is causing the stress. So you, you can break it down to two categories. So um, I'm kind of getting into like how to manage burnout, I guess, a little bit. So, Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, yeah. So I would love to talk about it. So Okay you look at it two different ways. So, okay. Stress. How do you handle the stress? So it's been shown that stress is actually, um, like a cycle in your body. When you get stressed, different like cortisol and hormones are released. Um, you need to basically like release that cycle so your body can get back to baseline. And so it really comes down to a couple, couple different factors of really what helps release that. It's like Honestly, physical activity is one of the best things you can do. Like 20 minutes of physical activity has been shown to like get you back to baseline. And I mean, that could be anything from like walking. You could do like kickboxing. Like if you've had a really stressful day and you go like kick some or hit some bags, you're going to feel like a million bucks after, you know. Right, so you right. got to release that stress. So that comes into that self-care aspect. And so also some other things that have been shown to really be beneficial to release the cycle is like affection, hugs like physical touch you know like just like give like your loved one like a really big hug you know so i think that you have to really dive into self-care to manage the stress because if you don't all those cycles are just going to be incomplete in your body and then you're just going to be like that's when you reach the chronic level of burnout
0: Right. Yeah. So you said that you have a cycle of stress. Is that cycle um, something that happens daily where you, compl- I guess, do you complete like a full cycle daily? Or is there a cycle that you could experience that's like more chronic?
1: Yeah, definitely, because um, that gets into, like, the different stressors, right? So um, it depends on the situation. Let's say if you are in, like, a really bad relationship, right, then that is kind of, like, a long-term stressor depending on how long you're in that. There's also micro stressors, right? Like, you get an email from your boss or you're stuck in traffic, you know? So it, yeah. it really depends on um, the stressor. But what is important is to try to take care of yourself every day to, to manage and, and work with the actual stress that's in your body.
0: That makes sense. That from makes stressor.
1: Sense. And the stressor, too, I know we didn't get into it, but um, that is broken up into two categories of, like, how you can manage it. Oh, okay. So a stressor, you can look at it as, is it something you can control? This could be, like, your thoughts, actions, like – Um, maybe you can step away from the situation or take a deep breath, right? So you have to look at it in two ways. Is it something, is the stressor something you can control? If it is, then you can look at different ways of how to effectively like do that thing better, or how do you manage the thing you can control to where it doesn't stress you as much. And the other aspect is, is it something you can't control? That's stressing you out. Is it someone else's reaction? Is it how another person thinks? Is it the weather? Is it the traffic? You know. So then you can begin when you break it apart like that. You actually can look at why am I getting so stressed about things I can't control, right. and you can start that process.
0: What's your best like um, advice for someone to manage something a stressor that they do not have control over?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I could use an example like something that just came up for my client. Um, You know, she has been a little bit stressed in her workplace. Uh, She is a travel nurse, so she was working with a team, and so she um, kind of feels stressed that people on her team are not like pulling their weight as much, and so then that would put her in a bad mood, and then she would be like burnt out and stressed like about that, right? So we kind of looked at the situation and we said, what can you control and what you what can you not control? So some things that I say, if you can't control the situation, is to okay, you can maybe step away for a little bit, take a deep breath. But some of the other things you can do is to kind of shift your perspective a little bit. Um, For example, in the situation, um, she kind of was looking at the silver lining of the situation. She's like, yeah, maybe my coworkers are kind of stressing me out, but she's kind of more in a leadership role. And she's realizing that she's getting leadership experience by working with these different people. So you can look at it like silver lining and kind of shift the perspective on the situation essentially so that's like one of the tools that we use there's definitely more but that seems to help people to view the difficult stressor situation in a different way yeah yeah
0: it's a good now i'm racking my brain and putting my stressors into like the two categories i'm like (laughs) Okay, what are we looking at that you can and what you can't control? That's very interesting. I'm going to have to look into that more. Yeah. I feel like our culture is so centered around self-care. What would be your best advice for someone to start? Because I feel like that's kind of like the magic bullet nowadays where everyone's like, yeah, self-care. And self-care is amazing. Me, personally, I have a hard time, um, like, allocating the energy mm-hmm. or kind of, like, getting started.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's how... First, it's, like, how we view self-care. Like, I think some people think it has to be this grandiose thing. Like, you have to spend, like, two hours bathing yourself and, like, you know, or is it a massage? Is it going shopping, you know? So I think you got to look at your definition of self-care. And what, to me, it really means is, like, doing things that bring you joy that you really enjoy doing and that fill your cup so you can start with something like small um you know maybe it is like you just make sure you go for like a five to ten minute walk each day like in between work calls you can start that self-care you know kind of sprinkling it in throughout your day um i think that is a great way to, to begin that process and you know, if like for example, for me, I do kind of like a morning routine ritual because that is what works best for me. And that is something that brings me a lot of joy. And I find a lot of like clarity and peace. And like I'm really grounded throughout my day. So it's a matter of like find something that brings you joy that makes you feel relaxed. Because you want to do these self care things to really bring your parasympathetic nervous system down from that stress state. So the parasympathetic nervous system is the state of the nervous system that. It's your rest and digest. So, what can you do to activate that? And that's different for everybody.
0: Okay. And it's just like activated through rest and relaxation, or that's the uh, uh, result of it?
1: Yeah. It, it basically, basically both. Yeah. Because when you start to do some of these things that like really bring you joy and kind of like take care of yourself, a lot of times um, that can bring a sense of like, Relaxation, for example, maybe not in the moment, but afterwards. Like for me, part of my self care is working out every day, or like every other day. And like, yeah, I'm gonna like go in the gym. I'm gonna lift fucking hard. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm all about the weight. I've like. seen your
0: pictures, girl. <laughs> you are hot. Oh my god. I even saw the picture you posted today. I was like, dang, I need to get on Erica's workout plan girl.
1: because that is. Amazing, you look amazing. Oh my god, thank you. I'm like super obsessed with weightlifting. I used to do like natural bodybuilding shows and stuff, so yeah, I love that's all one that. of my questions.
0: <laughs> um, is
1: nat? can you explain natural bodybuilding to me? Yes, yeah, natural bodybuilding. So there's kind of like two categories natural is you don't use any steroids or hormones, it's all done through exercise and nutrition. Shouldn't that just be bodybuilding? <laughs> <laughs> you think? If you there is, um, like the IFBB Bodybuilding Federation—it's all people who use steroids and hormones. So Whoa. they do, yeah. If you like Google it, you, like people will look like fucking huge shacks, shredded. Yeah. But some, some of them, you kind of like. What is what is up with that person? That that man looks kind of scary. Like they look. Kind of look bloated now. So I don't have anything against anybody trying those steroids or anything like that. It was just not for me. I was like, I just don't really right. want to mess with my, my hormones. And I know a lot of women who have taken it and like your face structure changes and like you get a gap in your front tooth, like your voice changes. Yeah. And it doesn't like go away. It's permanent. So why? Yeah. You kind of start to, you can begin to look not as feminine, but there, there are a lot of like women. Uh, bodybuilders who do look like totally beautiful that do use steroids. So it's like a whole thing. Yeah. So I did natural. I just did weights and, and a lot of a lot of steak. <laughs> weights and steaks. I was drinking. I was
0: eating sirloin and hitting the iron.
1: Exactly. I call it the weights and steaks diet. <laughs>
0: I'm going to take that in then. (laughs) I didn't know that IF... It's IFBB. IFBB. Yeah. I didn't know that they allowed enhancers.
1: Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. You can't, like, compete in that federation without taking that.
0: Your hormones are so permanently messed up for such a long time after you take steroids. It's oh, insane.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's insane. And, and certain people who, you know, maybe they took steroids for a long time and then now they're older and they don't take it anymore. Like, they look totally different. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he looks way different than when he used to, right? And he, he's, he, did, he used to do steroids and stuff. So, it's not like it's a longevity piece. But there are some really amazing kick-ass people, though, in the Federation that do it. And I'm just like, man, props you for. For doing that. That's not my MO, but that's yours. Like, that's cool, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I was just reading something that the uptick in people, like, our age that are having heart problems, and they think it's correlated to, like, those... um, obviously, like, extreme amounts of pre-workout caffeine and, like, those Celsius drinks
1: and all of
0: that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's intense. No, yeah. (laughs) I don't like those things.
0: (laughs) You're so knowledgeable. I love it. Um, What sparked your inspiration to start coaching?
1: Yeah, um, like, long story short, why I kind of started what, like, this journey was was my mom – Um, I know I've shared with you that my mom had a really like I found she had a really abusive childhood so she experienced a lot of trauma in her young life and I didn't know this until I was about in high school it was when I saw her go through a really like deep depression um, to where like she just wouldn't get out of bed and it was just like a really big struggle and so she's just near and dear to my heart and she had seen different like therapists and she, you know, did a bunch of different things that, um, didn't really bring her, um, the healing that she was looking for, you know? And so to me, I was like, kind of like fascinated because I just wanted to help my mom like heal and find, find ways, different modalities for people to like basically heal and move forward in their life, you know? Um, so that was like, you know, what really sparked my interest, but, um, I actually, like, found the coach training program through, like, natural bodybuilding because I was working with my coach, Jamie Keen. Um, She lives in California now. She's absolutely amazing. And she trained me, you know, to – she basically prepped. She wrote my workouts, you know. And so she inspired me by – I started trying, like, Bulletproof Coffee. And I got into, like, Dave Asprey and – Um, his, like, thinking around health. And so he has a whole coach training program. It's, like, very holistic, kind of like the biohacking stuff I told you about and really presence-based coaching. So a lot of embodiment work to get people out of their heads and into their body because the mind, like, I I view the heart and the mind as, like, two separate brains essentially. Um, Yeah, I feel like our heart and if we connect with the body, there's so much information there. Our our brain likes to keep us safe and tell us things that – you know we have 60,000 thoughts a day and like 80% are negative you know
0: 60,000 yeah
1: we we all think like 60,000 thoughts per day and a majority of them are negative so we're just kind of like wired that way so when you get out of the brain and into your heart you're able to access different information and so anyway i just like wow you know i've I've always really connected with people and i love hearing their stories and i've always just um you know we've been really fascinated by this work so that's kind of how i got into the like life and health coaching journey
0: What's the Bulletproof uh, uh, coffee? coffee and the other guy you
1: mentioned? What's oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bulletproof coffee. It's about, like, basically drinking, they call it upgraded coffee. So you can brew some, like, black coffee. Um, typically not Folgers or Starbucks. I definitely don't like those brands. So, like, <laughs> Bulletproof brand or I love Olympia Coffee Company here. They have amazing coffee. But, Ooh. yeah, let me Oh, man. <laughs> so good. They're pour overs. Oh, my God. Um. Anyway, but you put in basically coffee. And you can put in a little bit of ghee or like grass-fed butter and MCT oil, which is like a basically a form of coconut oil. And then you can put in like collagen powder and then you blend it. And it's like a wonderful frothy drink. And you drink that in the morning and then you basically like fast until noon. So I did that um, for like prepping for my second bodybuilding show with just like fat fat fasting essentially. So it's like you, the energy is insane that you get from that. It's, um, it's amazing. So that's a bulletproof coffee. <laughs> so it's like a blended frothy health drink. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> Would you do your workout while you were in fasting?
1: Sometimes. Yeah. I wouldn't okay. do a lot of, um, you know, heavy weights with deadlifting. That wouldn't be my, my heavyweight days, but definitely like hit cardio. Like if you're looking to, lose weight um definitely like fasted hit cardio just do 20 minutes and it's it's fucking a game changer oh yeah yeah
0: that's how I lost my first bit of weight was like I did hits all the time and then like muscle groups like arms and legs that's
1: perfect yeah that's- it, wor- it
0: was the first thing that ever worked now my problem is I know what to do I just have to actually <laughs> it. but um yeah no hits are amazing I'm surprised at how many people don't know about them or, like, don't have never implemented them before.
1: Yeah, and so for people who are listening that maybe don't know what it is, HIT stands for High Intensity Interval Training. And so what you do is you do something, like, let's say you're running. You're sprinting for, like, 20 seconds, and then you walk for 20 seconds. And then you repeat that pattern for, like, let's say 10 minutes. Oh, man, that... That in alone in itself is amazing. Like if I have a really hard, like busy day going on, and I'm like I need to work out, but I don't have time to go to the gym, I'll just do a 10-minute hit workout at home. Yeah. And it's just like, bam, okay, I knocked it out. Like it kind of sucks sometimes, but it's <laughs> it's you feel like amazing after. <laughs> it
0: is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're get, you get to that wall where you're like I'm going to throw up or like pass out. I remember I did art. Would you say that hits and EMOMs are similar? Every minute on every the
1: minute. Every minute on the minute. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Um, every minute on the minute because when you do that, like you're doing like a lift for a bit and then you like rest for a bit. So it's kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. but With like weights and shit. <laughs> You but can hit with like, weights too. Yeah, but yeah,
0: that's true. I never thought of using um, running in the hit form. I always mm. do like weighted lunges for thirty seconds, off for ten, and then thirty seconds of jumping jacks, off for ten. Then I cycle through the same six um, like exercises oh, each yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. that's no.
1: the thing that's cool is that you can make it something different something that you really enjoy like some people are, like think about running and they're like uh fuck no I'm yeah, not running that's me <laughs> So, you could do it a different way, which what you're doing. That's great.
0: (laughs) My friend was like, We should get into running. And I was like, I don't know who you think you're talking to. I don't know if you're having like a stroke or should I call 911. But like, I'm not running. (laughs) But then since I said that, I was like, Why did I put that on myself? And so I tried to run once and I was like, How was it? You're like, No. (laughs) I was surprised at how my time was. I feel like I was timed all the time as a child a young little girl and then it was the first time that I had timed myself in probably eight nine years and I was like not terrible definitely room for improvement (laughs) um so with your clients I know that you guys I mean you're a life coach that's such a like important role in someone's life do you ever have a hard time compartmentalizing emotionally
1: um, are you asking, like, if, like, my clients are having, like, a hard day and, like, if yeah. kind of, like, in a therapist role in a sense because, yeah, like, how kinda. therapists work with a client? Um, yeah, for me, you know, because I, I don't know. I, I I, don't have too hard of a time, actually, like, with compartmentalizing, you know, their emotions that affect me. Is that kind of what you're yeah, thinking? Not yeah. That, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know I just kind of how I approach it like each session and I work on this daily is I'm just there to hold space and to like serve and you know like in order for this person this woman to move forward in life like I feel I have to be my best self and I have to show up for for them and I can only do that if I'm like working on myself and making sure that I can show up in a healthy way and so a lot of women like it'll get deep well those crying emotions that pop up and you know I just like hold space for them and you know I still think about like those certain sessions or things after right and I just I just really care about my clients I just want to see them do really well and so and and they do that's what's amazing about the coaching process is it's like a co-creation so even when it gets hard like my clients are making these steps forward that are incredible and that brings me like to a place where it's like yeah like I can I can hold these emotions for these women.
0: So I saw there was a ton of testimonials on your website of everyone and they all were so like I could feel the emotion and gratitude for you through these testimonials mm-hmm. and my first off my first thought was like wow this is amazing what an impact and my second thought was like I wonder how that compartmentalization goes because if that I mean, you hear these words and it's just like, I'm getting goosebumps Mm. thinking about the testimonials I've read and I'm just, I don't know. I just thought you, that's good. You're right. You do have the role of holding that space. Holding that
1: space. And yeah, and it's, um, you know, a lot of my clients are in a dark place. A lot of them like come to me, they don't have like self-confidence or self-love and they're burnt out and they don't know how to move forward. Um. I'm just thinking of my clients, sorry. <laughs> I know I'm like crying. You're um, make um, oh my me god, cry. sorry. Um, you know, a lot of these women are in a dark place and um there's a there's always a way out. There's always a way to start over. And um that's what I, I love doing. <laughs> so I don't want to cry so.
0: No, <laughs> because like obvious no, I'm crying too. <laughs> oh my god. It's the cry session so. we just let our yeah, feelings out. Seriously.
1: Welcome like, to the cry club. I tell
0: everyone I'm like, if I start crying that's just my default emotion it's fine <laughs> yeah you know but you build these amazing bonds and then you know yeah. they're almost like um I'm not saying this in like a but like almost like your children or almost like you're mm-hmm. in that way of like I am here to help you and to guide you and give you the tools that you need yeah and you're from day one to day Day, yeah whichever yeah you know with them holding their hand and i'm sure not everyone comes into your program and they're like implement these things and then they're perfectly fine like you're there Uh, for their failures
1: yeah wins losses you know anger sadness all the emotions um that we have you know um and what I what I really love like this is like how I I kind of like work with my clients is everyone is so individual and unique you know I don't have like a specific program like that they follow if that makes sense I'm not like putting everyone through the same program it's very much like a unique um, experience each time, but like personalized I. It's for very them. yeah, it's very personalized oh, cool. and individualized because each client comes to me with different goals, and right. so we work on different things. But like for me, that's where I have all these tools in my back pocket through my trainings and experiences, like in my own life. That you know, I'm there providing like resources and tools, and guiding them. But also, you know, my biggest thing is I just want to empower my my clients because that that's what it comes down to. I don't want to keep them hooked on. Like, you know, like a life coaching train, you know, I, I, I want to give them the tools to use that and implement that in their own life so they can move forward, right. you know. But like, for me, I've had a coach for, oh my gosh, like four or five years. I've, I've had one for a long time and oh, it's wow. been a really big impact. Like, I 100% recommend um, like having a coach. Um, it's just been a big thing. So, that's also like, I've experienced coaching and it's changed me so much. And I'm just like giving back, I oh. feel too. Oh, so so cool. Yeah. You're like, look
0: at all these things I've learned.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm like, I've learned so much, you know? I just (laughs) want to share the knowledge,
0: so. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. I think that was the first thing I noticed about you, that I was like, oh my gosh, she knows so much. Like I said earlier... Our initial conversation. I wasn't even really sure what to say because you had so much information that my brain went into like an overloading like (laughs) process mode, and I'm like, I don't know what to say because I'm still thinking about what you said. Really,
1: (laughs) and a lot of it's just like you know um, my experience, who I am, and like what I've learned and what I'm passionate about because. What I've realized too, which I've just realized this kind of recently, like we're each in our own quote unquote university, like everything we read and take in, like we're learning from, right? So it's to me, I've like, I've been in my erica university mode like i'm constantly reading about like development psychedelics spirituality like i'm constantly just like doing these things and i've realized that that has uniquely changed my perspective and that's the same for each person you know because sometimes we get stuck in this mindset where we think we need more certifications more training more this or that right right when in case that's really not that's not the case you know we just kind of have to start with what we have now Right.
0: I know you have a good expertise in psychedelics. I was going to ask you if you've ever integrated that into your coaching.
1: Yeah. Um it's funny you say that because I'm actually um just launched a plant medicine retreat for women, 10 days in Peru, and it's next August. It's August 24th to September 2nd, 2023. So, I went to like Peru this past June and experienced my own psychedelic experience with, uh, the medicine women that we are, this is the re- same retreat center. Yeah. We're like collaborating. And so I am about to begin to implement plant medicine into like m- an offering essentially for people. Oh, mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what well, has you,
0: have you always had positive experiences with psychedelics?
1: I've definitely had some Like darker moments, I would say. I mean, I don't know if maybe dark is not the right term, but, um, you know, my second ayahuasca journey was not as pleasant. Yeah, not as pleasant, right? So, because it can kind of bring up, you know, this feeling of, um, you either like resist or you surrender to the medicine. And sometimes surrendering is hard, like to completely let go. And I had trouble letting go. You know, I was just, like, not ready to see what it wanted to show me, right? So, it was, like, some of it can be a little scary, but some of it, and a majority of it, is very beautiful and life-changing. Yeah. So, it's kind of, like, you have to have the dark to appreciate the light of the medicine.
0: Can you give us a rundown of your entire ayahuasca experience?
1: Yeah, um, maybe I could start with, like, the first, yeah, the first one. Let's
0: start with how you heard about it, because I've always thought that was very interesting. People will tell me, they're like, oh, yeah, I went up here and did this and this. I'm like... Like, how did you get, yeah like, like hear about it? <laughs> <laughs> how did you even get to this place where you, like, knew that it was happening?
1: Yeah, well, so I can start back. Like, long story short, I've been fascinated by plant medicine and how it changes, uh, like, the brain chemistry and the connectivity of our brains. And also, it's all, oh, there's tons of research right now on PTSD, trauma, depression, and it's very fascinating. Like, this is going to be like, the next huge wave of mental health is psychedelics, in my opinion. Um, but e- long Long story short, I moved up to Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, right. I love this story. (laughs) Yeah. I moved up to Duluth and, um, like, didn't know anybody when I moved there, right? So that's, like, a whole story in itself. But either way, long story short, I was seeing a naturopathic doctor in um, Duluth. Her name is Shannon May. And she actually introduced me to uh, Luzma because she had gone to her retreat center in Peru and I had been, I had put it out in the universe because I had tried mushrooms and had an amazing life-changing experience. And I was like, I really want to try ayahuasca because this is, like, the mother of all psychedelics. This is, like, top tier.
0: Ayahuasca is? Yeah, yeah. So then are, like, mushrooms and DMT, like, the little kids?
1: Um, So ayahuasca does have DMT in it, essentially. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's, like, the highest one. But mushrooms, to me, are still freaking fantastic like they can get you to a different place right but ayahuasca, you, ayahuasca takes you to a different realm of like reality internally externally um yeah so i found out about yeah loose ma through my naturopath, and i put out in the universe i was like i really want to try ayahuasca but i didn't know where to go because like thinking of me traveling solo to peru to like a retreat center like where i didn't know like the medicine person that was Scary, right yeah,
0: especially as a woman I feel like that alone would give me so much <laughs>
1: yeah. my, my mom was like you're gonna get kidnapped I'm like stop no no I'm gonna be fine like I'm gonna be very safe so yeah I went I found out about it and I I booked it and it was during the pandemic that I went I was actually the only one to show up for the retreat because other people like due to COVID or whatever like kind of fell away so I had a very unique intimate experience with Luzma and her family and got to know them very well
0: Right, because in Peru, is Peru where it originated, ayahuasca?
1: Um, Yes, I believe so. Don't quote me on that, but I know that I'm pretty sure it came from, like, the Amazon jungle because, like, ayahuasca is is actually brewed with like two different plants and I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but yeah, it's like a a vine. Yeah. There's a, there's a vine and then there's another plant. Um, and so, yeah, it's a brew. And so Luzma is from Peru. Um, I think she's from Lima and she was actually trained in like the Amazon jungle, um, with like ayahuasca and this medicine so she has like her own shaman that has trained her and everything so it's a very um sacred medicine in peru they view it as like really really sacred which is really wonderful how did you
0: prepare for your retreat
1: yeah um you know i think that for me i it came down to intention of like why did i want to travel out to peru and do ayahuasca in san pedro and you know be alone for like By myself traveling, (laughs) right, you know? (laughs) Part of me is just, like, my nature. I just love adventure and experience. But um, I think how I prepared was just being really intentional. I was like, okay, I'm going to learn more about myself. And I needed, like, a deep relaxation break. And I just felt like I needed some healing. And um, it definitely brought all of that for me. So I think I just really prepared with intention. And then when you get there, it's, like, a whole process. Like, um, you know, lose my um and their family like they have their own garden that they grow and everything that you eat is vegetarian and it's like home cooked so it's like a vegetarian diet and there's lots of relaxation and then you like there's integration sessions so when you get to the actual retreat center there's more like preparation that can happen
0: what do the integration sessions kind of look like
1: yeah so right now typically like when i went Luzma you know, she would kind of we talk about intention. Like, what is my intention going into the ceremony? What do I want to try to come away with or what do I really want to explore? You know, so you have like um, you know, an an intention setting kind of ceremony that will happen. And I think um that's something, you know, this collaboration that we're going to do, that's something that I think I'm going to um manage is like working with these people to come with an intention. And then also there'll be an integration session as well after.
0: Hmm. So you said that you did two while you were there?
1: Yeah. So I did a 15 day retreat. So I had two um, Wachuma ceremonies, which is like a sacred cactus plant. So that's psychedelic. Those are done in the daytime. And then I did two ayahuasca ceremonies, which are done at night. So I did a total of four.
0: Why are they done in the day or done in the night? What's yeah. that differentiation? Um,
1: it's just like the the culture and the ceremony around the medicines. So ayahuasca, it's, um, and ayahuasca also, you can't really do it in the daytime because of how the light will look different for you. Um, it's very fascinating. Like, for example, when I would like go to the restroom, if ayahuasca was still running through me, it's like the lights are pulsing a little bit or like, like oh. it's very psychedelic.
0: Experience. It's like overstimulating. Though.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's overstimulating um, when the lights are on. So what's really cool about the ayahuasca is um, she has her own like temple. It's a very like sacred temple, and oh, there's wow. yeah, there's like windows through the roof, so you can see like the moonlight and the stars like coming through. And you everybody has their own like pad because you basically like lay down and sleep there. Essentially, that night you can go back to your room, but it's like a whole night process. But um, Luzma is, like, drumming and singing her fucking beautiful Peruvian, like, ceremony songs. Yeah, it's, like, such a crazy, cool experience. And you're with people, too, so it's, like, a shared experience, but it's very internal. Like, everyone is, like, processing their own thing, like, internally.
0: Right. Yeah. I feel like I, one, would have anxiety about traveling alone, and then, two, I feel like I would have a little bit of, like... All oh, these people are around me and they're going to think I'm like losing it or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so can you walk me through the ceremony process?
1: Yeah. So for ayahuasca, um, that process, we actually, we have, we eat breakfast that day and then you actually fast all day coming up to the event. Oh yeah so ayahuasca um we start the ceremony i believe around like 5 p.m if i remember correctly um and we just we show up at the at the temple and then luzma you know she herself is like a shaman so um you know it kind of begins by her like doing like singing and like chants and like blessing you and and anyway then you begin to come up like individually to her like she's like sitting here and she has the ayahuasca and she's like bless the ayahuasca and then you drink the ayahuasca and then you go back and you can like lay down with all your our blankets and get cozy and then you know Luzma will start like singing and like doing all that kind of stuff and then it hits you probably within i want to say it hit me like with the second time hit me within like 15 minutes
0: 15
1: yeah and then i was like on my way what yeah
0: that seems very quick
1: yeah the first time i took it wasn't quick so it's really bizarre how it affects you differently each time because the first time i did ayahuasca i actually needed more and i was i because i think i was resisting so much so that's fascinating but but yeah so the ceremony then it's it lasts until probably you know you start coming down like one or two or three a.m and then a lot of people just sleep there in the temple and um and Luzma, of course, checks on, checks in on you like the whole time, and lets you have your journey. But some people go outside and look at the stars, and that's like an amazing experience too. So when Ooh. you're on ayahuasca, yeah,
0: that does sound amazing. I've heard that there's like the purging process. Does that happen for everyone?
1: No, it doesn't happen for everyone. So I didn't like. The first time I didn't throw up, but it definitely came out the other way. Right. <laughs> yeah, like that. I heard it's like one or the other, or you're nothing. Yeah, yeah, and I and then the second time, like I didn't purge at all; like it was nothing. So it, every time is is different, but um, I think that was the part that I was scared of the most because that stuff is never fun, you know. No. But um, it's just kind of like a clearing out i would say yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like
0: <laughs> i don't think we should be complaining about that there's so many toxins in your body like clear
1: out. yeah it's like a, it's like it clears you out it can or or the release or the purging could even be like crying or like you know like uh, moving your body or something like it, it could look in different ways but
0: is it like some type of like a release almost like a pressure it, valve release in it can a way? be like but everyone experiences their own version of it? Or do some people just, like, continue all the way without, like, crying or puking or, you know? Yeah,
1: some people don't react at all, really. Oh, really? Yeah, and I think that's fascinating because um, the mantra of, like, um, you know, like, Luzma and shamans that I've met in Peru is, like, the medicine shows you, like, kind of what you're ready to be shown and then also um you know if you're not ready to see like it won't affect you I've heard of stories of people going to ayahuasca retreats and it just like they don't have any experience what yeah it's very fascinating how it affects you
0: I, I obviously did some preliminary research and isn't it like one of the strongest psychedelics in the world yeah, it's like the mother load. I of think
1: it. I say it's like the mother load. Yeah, and to me, ayahuasca is beautiful because it's like a tea, so it's like a naturally, you know, kind of substance in a sense. And there's a lot of ceremony and ritual around it. But yeah, some people just like don't ex- experience much from it. Like for me, I had to have like two cups of ayahuasca the first time because I didn't, I wasn't feeling anything from the first one. And how big are they? Oh gosh, I want to say maybe like 8 ounces or something Oh,
0: it's, so it's not like a whole lot. Oh yeah,
1: it's not like it's a gallon or
0: anything. <laughs> I honestly like imagined like a like that like that Stanley Oh cup. That big one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like
1: a little teacup.
0: <laughs> Has um Luzma ever given you insight into like how she became uh like what's the process for her to become is she like certified? Is it passed on to her? Is it like a trait that's recognized in her? Do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All I know is that she's been really intrigued with this work for a really long time and she had her own like journeys in the Amazon and then you can become, then you can like partner with like shamans to kind of like show you how to, how to, how to do this. And like, and so it's, it's pretty incredible. She's an amazing woman. She like, um, records music. She writes books. Like she's like, um, does like, shaman healing like she and she has this whole retreat center that's like incredible and it's very like rustic looking it's not like you're gonna go it's not like a beverly hills like retreat center you know like you're going there to like disconnect right and to have
0: the experience i mean the experience of going peru alone i would not want it like to be a gentrified experience
1: Totally, and I think that's that's why I love, like, this retreat is because you're getting a very, like, intimate experience and very much, like, culturally appropriate, and Luzma is just, like, incredible, and everyone, like, like her, like, I don't know, everyone's just amazing there, like, <laughs> so I, I just can't. I love everyone. I love everyone there, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> After you um, purged, you only purged the second time, you said –
1: it uh, it was the first time that I had ayahuasca that I purged, and I, yeah, I didn't throw up, but it went out the other end. and right. I definitely brought like five pairs of pants to the ceremony <laughs> I was like, am I going to shit my pants like five times? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know,
0: but if I do, I got backups. I have backups. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> How, um, so what was the other psychedelic that was a part of
1: the retreat? Oh, Wachuma. It is like a psychedelic medicine from a cactus plant, and that is a much more relaxed, like chill kind of setting because it's done in the daytime under her Wachuma temple, so you literally are Um, you know, grabbing blankets and you're laying on the grass and you're just surrounded by beautiful mountains and you can just like look at like the beauty that's around you. And, you know, it's really fun because, um, you know, then after we're done, we have like a big feast, you know, and we share experiences. So, um, that will be part of the retreat as well. So it'll be one Wachuma and one ayahuasca ceremony.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: So we'll do Wachuma first. It's kind of like the, like settling you into the medicine and then ayahuasca like, a couple days later, so. Huh. Yeah.
0: That sounds super cool. Yeah. What did your um, post-ceremony integration feel like? Yeah. You like, know, coming out of it. That's, a, that's the area I want to
1: focus Yeah, on. coming out of it. Um, so, it definitely, like, shook my world, in a sense, like, um, in a lot of good ways. I, I feel very different. So, I feel that the medicine is almost still working. Like, I'm still processing things from last June, and – Um, so Luzma, she helps you just kind of like work with what's coming up for you there. And now, so what's really cool is after the ceremony, um, we will have an integration, like uh session where we're all together and we like uh it's like a tobacco circle like we smoke like tobacco like really nice tobacco from a pipe and we share our experience so just sharing in a community is part of the integration and then um you talk with Luzma ma after the ceremony but so what's going to be really cool is like i'm going to be doing a lot of the uh, integration work and then also when if you come to the retreat you have um the opportunity if you want to do integration sessions with me and when you get back to the states so like if you pay for like the retreat you're going to get like two to three integration sessions with me because um a lot of times what you experience in the retreats a lot of things will come up and you want to know you'll you'll probably come back and be like how do i like continue to integrate this in my life and move forward
0: Oh cool. Yeah. It's like an all encompassing like follow up procedure you have.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm cool. gonna be that's what I'm gonna be like offering as part of like the retreat, just to to help people integrate because it's such a powerful experience and it's it's completely life changing and a lot of stuff can come up. So it's like I don't just wanna leave people hanging, you know? Yeah. And they like, can come back and know that, hey, we're gonna talk about some of this and we can, you know, make a plan forward if you want.
0: Oh yeah, that's very like tender and loving of you to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just like come here, let yeah. me give you a hug. <laughs> do you think it was difficult to come back to your normal life? Because I feel like you went alone and like had this experience. Did you have a hard time like maybe not interacting with people, but uh, like just ha- like life? Yeah, you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, definitely. I um, struggled a little bit for just I am just I just look around at the reality that we're in. And it it makes you question like everything that you thought you knew about reality. And that was kind of hard for me, right? Because I'm like, okay, we kind of just wake up here. Like we're born here and we don't really know why. It's like we have amnesia and we, we just, we don't, we think we know what this reality is, but we really don't. And so that's like what I truly believe. And so for, for me, I I struggled a little bit to integrate that experience in my day-to-day life you know but what it what it came down to me was it actually ended up helping me live more in the present moment and to really appreciate l- the life that i have and who's in my life like what's amazing about this ayahuasca medicine is that it opened my heart up in a way that i've never felt before like i like Cried for humanity. I just like felt the suffering of people in the world and, like, you know, just felt for people in my life. And it made me want to love them deeper. And it also made me view them in a different way. So, what's really, really cool about psychedelics is um, so there is an area called the default mode network in our brain. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um so this default mode network it's areas of the brain that pop up when we are in our like obsessive thinking rumination like negative talk like we're in this cycle it's areas of the brain that kind of pop up it's called the default mode network psychedelics shut that down oh yeah so they shut down like all like that and it's actually shown that there's areas of your brain that have never connected before that connect when you're on psychedelics. So it's a whole other, like, it's it's an amazing experience. So it makes you also view your life in a totally different perspective and light, and it helps people heal, which I think is so beautiful that it provides you a different perspective on life and looks at different things and makes you appreciate things more. And it's it's a very, like, loving medicine. It just wants to show you um, what really matters to you, and that's what it did for me. Wow. I don't know. So I got really deep there. <laughs> but- <laughs> no, Holy
0: moly. I guess people, I have heard people say like, yeah, it rewires your brain. But I thought it didn't know it was like an actual physiological rewiring where you're like, oh yeah, once you take psychedelics, those two part of your brains who have never touched each other before, connected. That's like the definition of rewiring. <laughs> yeah,
1: because our brains are very, um, we have neuroplasticity. So we change, our brains change, and psychedelics do that 100%. Oh. They they rewire you in a different way that's typically better. You know, if you, if you approach it with intention, I feel so. Right. Yeah. What
0: are some of the ways that you're still feeling the lasting effects?
1: Oh gosh. In my day-to-day life, um, it's like I have dropped the rule book or manual that I used to hold for people in my life. Oh wow. If that makes sense. So we all have people in our life that we hold a manual for, like, Um, maybe, you know, it's a brother or a mom and maybe they're, you wish that they would be doing things that are healthier or better for them, or you have all these rules and expectations for them. And if they don't meet them, then you yourself get upset right at that person. And you don't really see the person for who they really are. You know, for example, like with my mom, I always used to want to, like, make sure, and I wish that she would, like, you know, get more help or, like, work on herself, you know, and and then because she wasn't doing that, I was, I was, it was, like, I was getting upset and, like, almost upset with her, Yeah. and then I realized that I just need to, like, love her, like, where she's at, you know, and drop the rule book, and, like, she actually just, like, needs somebody to hold space for her, and so, to me, it shifted my day-to-day life and thinking, and I just, like, live try to live more presently and it's it's like a work in progress it's fucking hard yeah of course fucking hard you know but um i just realized that no two moments are the same and we'll never get that moment back and to me it really like honed down into like what's really important to me and like how do i want to live so i cut like a lot of bullshit out i'm just like i'm just like want to do less and like live more in joy and simplicity so that's like what it Brought to me and how it changed me in my day to day life, like at a internal level.
0: Do you feel like it brought you clarity to a point, or like that yeah, sounds like clarity to me?
1: Totally, it brought me clarity, and it's and it was cool because it wasn't like I saw the clarity right away. It's been a process, like that's been un- unfolding. So to me, like the medicine and this journey is so so huge because you continually like it's almost like you're just continually shutting and like growing into this new version of yourself. Like that's how I feel. Um, so, yeah, it was just really powerful. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: sounds very powerful. Yeah, super I wanna powerful. I want to do more research about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's totally amazing.
0: And you said your retreat is August 24th through September 7th.
1: September 2nd. 2nd. Yep, yep, uh, 2023. And, like, if people are interested or want to learn more, you know, um, my website is coaching, and my name is spelled E-R-I-C-K-A. I have a C and a K. I don't know why, but my mom decided that. Um, and my Instagram is also Um, You know, we have the dates chosen. We don't have it open yet for, like, people to register because only 10 spots are available. Because okay. Yeah, because it's okay. very intimate. Um, so I'm just – you know, the retreat is really for – women who are either like just really need a fucking break in life and just want time for them it's for women who want to heal in a deeper way or like upgrade their life or just they want to come and just like really work on themselves because it's like really cool deep work but there's also a lot of fun things like you know we're gonna adventure and like shopping in the local market and like community dancing massages it's gonna be great so the
0: plat medicine is only one part of the retreat yeah there's a lot more okay cool yeah Yeah. and we'll put information for it in the description too like your instagram and your website so then that way people
1: can stay up to date right if they want to learn more
0: perfect yeah Yeah. let's do that yeah yay thank you so much yeah this is so fun